This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Welcome to the Nakuda podcast for Pasha's Truma. Okay, we are um, entering now a whole series of parshias which are devoted for, to a very, very important subject, uh, although it may appear to be a little bit uh, repetitious in terms of the fact that um, the same information is basically taking a few different forms uh, and we're talking about the instructions about how to build the Mishkan, which eventually, uh, over time, becomes the Besamikdash. It's very important, very central information. Uh, and it's relayed in several different forms. In this form, it's the actual uh, uh, conceptualization in terms of, you know, that Hashem is giving the instructions to Moshe Beno himself um, to begin with. And then eventually we get to the point of where Moshe Beno tells the people and the people have to put it together and then it has to be, you know, finally completed and uh, and put into uh, operation. So there are various different phases to the fact that, um, to this this operation of finally getting this thing up and running. Um, the interesting thing about it that I want to focus on this time is the fact that... Um, Okay, so we have to go backtrack a little bit and chronologically describe what's been going on here, uh, because we're really talking about a pretty um, a pretty short uh, time frame here. You know, we think of the midbar as taking the um, uh, course of forty years, but that only was because of the miraglim. If it hadn't been for the miraglim, the, the spies, uh, it would have been a very short duration, actually, uh, till it would have been in Eretz Yisrael already. And the Mishkan was was uh, the idea of having this uh, this temple in place, this place to you know to serve Hashem from. Um, in um, in place even before they come into Eretz Yisrael, just you know they want to have it up and running. So at this point, as far as they were they were concerned, they were you know imminently they were going to be in there. It's just a matter of a few months. Um, the fact is, there is some uh, discussion whether this parsha, uh, in terms of the when Hashem actually gave over this uh, these commandments to this instruction to Moshe Rabbeinu, was uh, before the Chet Egel, the, the uh, sort of the calf, or afterwards. But that's not, you know, really so essential um, to the subject we're talking about. Um, what I want to focus on, again, is the, the uniqueness of this. Now, first of all, we have, you know, from the beginning of Shmos, we have the Parshas dealing with the uh, enslavement in, 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 in Mitzrayim. And then the miraculous coming out of its rhyme with Pesach and the whole thing and the Kriyas Yamsuf. And then we go directly to um, the discussion of uh, Matan Torah, 
Hashem gives the Torah to thee in, in a more of a general way in terms of the Ten Commandments. And then we go into, last, last week we had Parsus Mishputim, which we talked about that that is talking about the very specifics of the, all the rules, all the dinim, all the both social and, and uh, legal um, things dealing with damages and, and, and civil types of, of, of law as well as holidays and, and uh, the, the uh, more spiritual types of commandments. So we got a lot going on there. And that makes sense that once we've gotten to the point where, Hashem, where, where the people are, uh, you know, the, the Jewish people is as accepted the... Um, the old Malchushemayim, they've accepted that they want to, to, to serve Hashem through the Torah that He has given them. Um, and they say, in this previous part, they said again, you know, Nasev uh, Anishma and this whole thing, we take it on, we're going to do it. So that's, you know, really a basic thing. And, and it makes sense that, you know, before you go in and establish a presence in a new land, that you got to have a legal system set up so people don't go around killing each other or that they are, you know, there's a, a way to to resolve conflict and uh, all of these kinds of things have to be in place. So that makes, that's, that's a basic thing. We talk about the idea of a mishkan. That is going, um, uh, you know, like a quantum leap forward from just the idea of mishputim. Because that is already talking about uh, tachlis. As mishpatim can be looked at as being uh, something that you need to have in place for the uh, sustenance, for the continued uh, well-being of, the, of, of a nation. Uh, you have to have a legal system, otherwise you know, it's going to fail altogether. But the idea of a mishkan, it takes it to a whole other level. And uh, I, I think of a very illuminating, you know, there are a few psukim that are particularly illuminating as to what this is really getting at. There's, there's a, a posik, for example, Hashemaim Shemaim Lashem. Ve'uretz nusan livnei udam. Let's say that in Hallel, Tillim. The Shemaim is for Hashem. And the land, the earth, Hashem gave to man. So what does that mean? It means that, we've said this a few times already, that Hashem wants us to take the reins, so to speak. Hashem wants us to be uh, the ones that are controlling, that are running the show down here, according, obviously, to his roots and to his will. But we should be the ones doing the actual work. So we become partners with him. So he gave us the land to do something with. So the question is, what does he really want us to do with this? Is it just a matter of not doing anything wrong, you know, making sure that we don't make mistakes, that we don't mess things up, that we don't, you know, we don't uh, dirty it up or something? What is really what Hashem really wants from us when he gave us this control, this dominion over the the earth. Okay, that's one thing. Then we have a Pasuk that says, Eva Hashem desires to have a Moishav, some kind of a dwelling in this world, in Oilam Haza, this world of Gashmi. So we talk about the four worlds, we come down to this lowest world, a physical world, where Hashem's presence is concealed so that we should be able to have Bechira, should have the free choice. And He wants to be down here. He wants to have a, a, a dwelling down here, a, a home down here, so to speak. This should be His place. And then He says, I want to dwell among them. Now in the Midbar, this was a whole issue because 
it, to have Hashem so close is a dangerous thing because Hashem is extremely powerful and Hashem is, 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 is I mean, quite demanding. And the closer you get to Hashem, the, the more He demands because if you don't have Hashem in mind when He's so close, then everything becomes an affront. It becomes like what we call a chil Hashem, something that, that's really a um, uh, an embarrassment or a disgrace to Hashem because he's right there in front of us, he's right there next to us, and and we're still ignoring him or we're still not aware of his of his presence. It, it just attests to the, to the to the strength of the Yetzirah that the Yetzirah can continue to exist and and, and influence us even mamish in the presence of Hashem. It's like it's like if you had your 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 Rebbe, your teacher, right in front of you. And you, you know, you did something uh, that Mamish embarrasses him right in front of him. It's an embarrassment to him himself. So that when you're in, you have, that the, you have the king, you know, the all-powerful king, and you're doing that to him, in his presence you're disgracing him, then it's a very dangerous thing. If you if he's away someplace, you know, there's a distance between. So you can understand, or you could forget, or, you you know, not be aware or whatever. It's not like in his face, so to speak. So that's one one problem of it. And and that's why Hashem said, okay, look, I'm going to, after the I believe he said, "You know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna leave a malach to uh, to lead you, and I'm gonna get out of here. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm re- removing my presence, so to speak. So this is also, a, of course, a, a, a you know, kind of a, a paradox that Hashem is saying. You know, I'm gonna. Re- we know that Hashem is everywhere, and He has everything in mind, and He sees everything, and He's, you know, omnipresent, omniscient, and all that. And and He's gonna say He's gonna remove His presence. But what that means is a very obvious thing. It has nothing to do with His presence from His standpoint. It's it's from our standpoint, he is going to make it look, or he's going to make it evident in terms of our perception that he is more distant, and that he's not, you know, right in front of us, so that it shouldn't be so chitzpatik if we do something wrong. Okay, so that's that's one aspect of it. But so there is a danger to having his presence in the world. So that's why when Hashem gives us uh, gave us the the rules of how to construct and how to how to um, behave when we have the uh, the Mishkan and, and uh, a few different Mishkans so we got to the base of Mikdash and, and, and building the base of Mikdash that this um, place be uh, a separate domain which has you know certain uh, measures in in place that not everybody is able to get in there whenever he wants to. It was it's kind of uh, there's there's separations there's there's uh, boundaries there's there's uh, the very fact that it is a physical place means that it, it it has to have boundaries but the boundaries are you know gradated so that you know there's different areas zones which you can come into that you know till you get to the the inner sanctum and the inner sanctum can only be entered you know by the coin goodle and on yom kippur and that kind of thing it was it is gradually you have this these access areas so that you know you don't have people just you know uh it's not a free-for-all it's, it's it has a structure to it so that people basically for the protection of the people it's, it's like you know you're going into uh, so they have danger of death. Any, any place that has you know high high power lines or anything, danger of death. Don't don't touch it. Don't go close. Whatever. This is, this is like you know this is extremely high power area, high energy area. You know, keep your distance. Don't don't go in there unless you have the the clearance. You know the the uh, uh, the, the the level of purity or whatever, or the or the in terms of you know the kohen and, and, and the and the levi and Israel, You know you have your certain areas which are allowed to be, and you're not allowed to go in any closer than that. I mean, that was true on, on Harsinai itself, that they couldn't access to just wherever they wanted to go to. Okay, so but what I want to, what I want to say is 
the very idea of Hashem, who is, a, and we've talked about this before, the, the creation of the world itself is is about this, that Hashem, who is so boundless and so limitless and being beginningless and endless and all this, and he wants Davka to have a presence in this physical bounded, you know, world. And even to the point of saying, that I want to be inside every individual. I'm going to be inside you yourselves. And that's why the, the Jewish people was able to uh, survive the destruction of the Basin Mikdash itself. Because if the only real connection that Hashem had with the physical world is through the Basin Mikdash, when the, the Basin Mikdash is destroyed, you think that that would be it. You know, then he has no connection, or he's abandoned the Jewish people, or whatever. He's going to find somebody else. But he said, even even though they're, they're tumah, they're impure, I still want to have a connection with them. I still want to be, you know, inside them, whatever that means. So let's talk about it. Just I'm trying to keep this, you know, somewhat manageable here. Um, the idea is that Hashem created, in order to create the world, He created what's called a mokomponui. It's a, a, like an empty space. Uh, uh, he He withdrew His presence from the world so that something else, some some other, would be able to exist. Uh, and and have a perception of itself and of Hashem as being separate from it. Otherwise, Hashem would be, Hashem's presence would be so overwhelming, it would just take over everything, and, and there, there would be no room for anything else. And then, so for sure, there's not going to be any bechira, there's not going to be even a sense of a creation uh, that's that's somehow outside of him in some respect, which again is, you know, these all paradoxical things we really don't understand how it can how it can be like that. But in any case, Hashem did it, so it's here. This is what it is. Um, so Hashem had to had to create open space, so to speak, and create and, and fill a creation with it. But he went a step further in terms of creating this world, the world of the Masia, Olam Haza. He went even a step further to make it so that we don't even see his presence here. You know, there's all the other creations, it's obvious that Hashem is around. For us, it's hidden. And our avoider, what, what, what was he doing by telling us to make a space for him, a dwelling for him in this world, is meaning that we have to create this space. Just like he created a space within himself, so to speak, where he would be able to withdraw himself and then it would be filled with his kvoid, his, his, his shemoy, his, his name, his, his kovit, as opposed to his essence itself, which would have, you know, the light that would blow everything away. So he, he, he created a space where his, where his name would be, would be there. His, 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 uh, his glory would be there. That's mule kolo uretz doi, that the, all of the world should be filled with his glory. Okay, so... Now we get an idea of what this is about. It's about bringing Hashem into space. And just as he wants, you know, the, the idea of, of, of uh, uh, that he gives the earth to man, what is he giving it to man for? Just to fool around, just to have a good time, just to, you know, do his own, his own thing, so to speak. He created the option for us to decide what we're going to use that space for. And we can use alternatives. We can use it for things that are actually going to drive away Hashem. It was if you take a particular space and you devote it to avoid the zura, you know, you bring in idolatry and all that stuff. 
or you make it a place for um, for things that Hashem has already made clear that He doesn't want us to do, like you know, a trade restaurant or you know, some kind of entertainment, you know, that's uh, arroyos, you know, all kinds of things, but all kinds of places that are places of what we call tuma, the places that 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 are antithesis of Hashem's presence, things that are driving Hashem away, things that are making Hashem even more hidden, because the very fact that it's possible to to, to transgress Hashem's uh, will and get away with it is itself a kind of a contradiction to Hashem's presence, because if, if Hashem really existed, why isn't he wiping out these people, you know, maybe yes. So, so Hashem is giving us the choice, we can, what are we going to use this space for? Are we going to use it to drive him away? Or are we going to use it just kind of a part of a place where, you know, it's not nishtahin, nishtahir, it doesn't, it's not particularly bad, it's not particularly good. Or we can make it a place where we invite Hashem in. So what does that mean? To invite Hashem in where Hashem becomes obvious that we're, that, that the place like this can only exist because Hashem exists. So that we're, we're now allowing him to come in and to, to make himself known, to make himself, to, to, to show his presence, to show, show us he's there. And then we now have this, this uh, uh, you know, he's revealed to some extent in a place where previously he was hidden. That was only possible by having some kind of an empty space, which we had a choice then what to do with it. So by creating this Mishkan, where Hashem has not just, you know, I mean, here the goal is so we have times when we are more aware of Hashem. There are times that are, that are, uh, that, you know, that are specially made for that. There are times that even in, in every individual's lives where they feel Hashem's presence more. If they're doing something, you know, particularly good that Hashem, you know, really can be, can be perceived through that thing. Um, and there's other things that... Um, uh, in terms of, of places that are, are special, you know, if there's a beautiful bismedrish where people are really learning, and uh, and that's also obviously you really feel Hashem's presence, or you know, davening or whatever. These are, are specific places. But when you're talking about a bismikdash, which is on on a regular every day. It's, there are miracles going on every day. There are things that are happening there that are that are a direct result of Hashem's presence and Hashem's participation in the physical reality that we that we can sense and feel, uh, and and just all the ceremonies and everything else that's going on there makes Hashem's presence so obvious. That is a unique place which Hashem is telling us. Look, I am giving you the structure. I'm telling you how to do this. I'm giving you a way to do it. I'm, I'm telling you that I'm behind you, that I want you to do this, and I, and I want to be there. You know, so, so unless you throw me out, unless you do things that make it necessary for me to, for your sake, in order that you shouldn't be uh, uh, eaten up by it, that, that I have to remove, remove myself, you know, if that becomes necessary, okay, but, but I'm giving you a chance to, 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 to actually live among you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be down there with you. You know, I'm not, I'm not just in Shemaim. I'm right down there with you in, in the, the physical world. So that's what really this is all about. And then, you know, Rashi says that it's Lili Shmi. This is something that's really for my name's sake. This is, we talk about serving Hashem Lishma for His sake. What's the idea of serving for him, His sake? If our, idea, our, our purpose of serving Hashem is not for our own you know, uh, benefit or whatever, our own schar, what we're going to get out of it, if we're doing it because we want to experience Hashem's light and Hashem's 
presence and, and his glory in the world itself, that this making this world into a place of mule kolho oretz kvoidoi, that this world should be filled with his with his glory, that's talking about about turning on the light. It's like it's like you go in a dark room and you turn on the light and then you see what's there. It's like that's what the experience is like. We're talking about bringing Hashem's presence, inviting Him to come in, and then He responds by actually coming in. That's what happened by the by the by the, the when they dedicated the, the the Mishkan later on. He comes in and all of a sudden, you know, everybody falls on their faces. There's this, this huge huge uh, cloud comes down and and everybody knows ah, Hashem is here. You know, Hashem is doing something. And before that, He didn't, and then they they, they had to. To Davin specially to, that he should come down, and then, and then he did it. So it's his response, and you see that response, and that's the most incredible thing that a person can possibly experience. So that is what life is supposed to be like. We're supposed to be, you know, inviting Hashem into the spaces that we're filling with His presence. He wants to us to fill up the world with Him, and and uh, you know, the 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 corollary of that is to fill up ourselves with Him. It was we have the nefesh, riach, neshoma, chayechida, you know, the different levels of our being, which we also have a choice what to fill that up with. We can fill it up with, with uh, you know, nothing, <laughs> and then it will be invaded by all of those negative things that, that are always trying to penetrate, always trying to get in, you know, to that, to that space within our own, our own hearts and our own minds. Um, or we can actually fill it up with, with negative things, which will go against him, or we can fill it up with ourselves, and which was our own guy of our own arrogance, which also drives him away. Or we can choose to invite him into our own selves, that we become ourselves filled with Hashem's presence. And that's why, uh, you know, a tzaddik is, is, is illuminating the world. He comes into a room. It brightens up the room. He, he, he is, his, his presence is felt by people that are sensitive to that and can see that he's different because he has dedicated himself to filling himself up with Hashem's presence so that it becomes obvious to everyone else. So this is basically, you know, what we're talking about here. This is the... the uh, the concept that I that I, I wanted to communicate here is we're really talking about the tachlis of life as a whole, and when we talk about the Mishkan, and the more we can then get into the details of the Mishkan and see what it's uh, what what we can learn out from it in terms of how we should we can live our lives even today when we don't have it uh, visibly in front of us, and then you know what uh, what the whole concept of our waiting for it to be rebuilt, what that's about. So uh, this is just like you know the first uh, uh, exposure to this uh, to this uh, particular ideology, and hopefully we'll, in the future weeks we'll talk about it in greater depth.